0: Hey, <laughs> sounded like you are enjoying that. Huh? <laughs> certainly wonderful, isn't it, to give thanks and praise to the Lord for all what he we has done for him. We can just lift our hearts in praise and in worship. Our scripture reading this morning is taken from the book of Hebrews and at uh, chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 2, page 1201 in the in the Church Bible. We're to read from the the first verse. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through the angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first denounced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified it to it by signs and wonders and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, distributed according to His will. It is not to angels that he was subjected, the world to come, but about which we are speaking, but there is a place where someone has testified. What is mankind that you are mindful of him? A son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the angels, you crowned him with glory and honour, and put everything under his feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made a lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honour, because he suffered death, so that the grace of God, that he might taste death for everyone. By so doing, in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, It was fitting that God for whom and through whom everything exists should make the pioneer of their salvation through what he suffered. Let's just bow in prayer. Father we thank you for your word. We thank you Lord for what we've done thus far in our, our worship this morning. We thank you for the joy of uplifting our hearts before you. And we do pray, Lord, that you'll just speak to us again in the stillness while we wait on thee. Just usher our hearts to listen in expectancy. Remind us again, Lord, of your goodness to us. Remind us of your love towards us. We might have been down, we might have been a little away from you, this whatever the situation, but Lord, restore us this morning. And for anyone, Lord, who's who's never heard or accepted the gospel, speak to them this morning. Speak to us, Lord. Lord help us to feel your presence so that we can leave this place different than when we came in. We can live leave with praise and worship and joy upon our lips and in our hearts. Because we've not just met with each other, but we've met with our Lord and our God and our Saviour. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible asks questions sometimes and there's not always an answer with it. And One of those such questions is, found here in Hebrews chapter 2 and uh, as we look at it this morning uh, let us consider what our answer is going to be because the Lord is asking you this morning to answer the question uh, for him and there in uh, Hebrews chapter 2 and uh, verse 2 It says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? We know what salvation is all about. We've been reminded this morning many, many times of what the Lord Jesus came to do. And to uh, bring to us this wonderful escape, this way back to God. Through the forgiveness of our sins. And that restoration with himself. And through his sacrifice. All that was possible. That's simply what salvation really is all about. We're not great theologians. We we don't go through all the Bible word by word. We don't try to all find it. The simple thing that we need to know. As human beings on this earth of ours. Is that we need to be saved. And the Lord Jesus has provided uh, that uh, salvation. And so the question this morning, how shall we escape if we neglect a so great a salvation? I like to look at the various uh, interpretations in the Bible, if you will, as you're preparing a word. And, uh, you know, as you know me, I'm a, I'm a dinosaur, I like King James, wonderful man and uh, I like his version of the Bible and uh, that word escape was only found in, in the, the King James a version of the Bible what we read this morning was how shall, we ask, how shall we be saved if we ignore now there's a great difference between ignoring and, and escaping But I like the word escape because it prompts us to think. It prompts us to think of the answer to that question. But the thing about the NIV is that it puts headlines in as well. And I don't know if you noticed the headline that was at the beginning of our reading this morning. It was simply this. A warning to pay attention. A warning to pay attention. I wonder if we're paying attention now to what the Lord is speaking to us. Has has he captivated us this morning? Is he speaking, not me, the Lord is speaking to us uh, this morning. And he's asking you the question, are you paying attention in order that you might answer that question? We know the perils of course. Uh, that are involved. A few weeks ago, uh, we saw on the newspapers and on the television screen uh, uh, a situation where five people wanted to go down and watch the uh, look at the wreck of the Titanic, and they paid a lot of money uh, to go in this submersible that would take them down to the seabed so they could view uh, the the Titanic. And as that was being prepared, those that knew something about it, uh, the marine experts, were saying, it's dangerous. It's never been tested. It's a different design. It will never work. You're putting yourself in danger. But the owner, or the one who was doing it, no, no, he said, It's like a walk in the park. I never seen Station Park flooded that much, but still. He wouldn't listen. He wouldn't listen to the experts and to those that were warning him of the dangers of what they were doing. We all know the outcome. We know what happened. But to me, that was a graphic illustration of what happens if we ignore the experts. If we ignore the word of God. If we ignore this great salvation. Very quickly, there's one thing about this portion of scripture, it just throw up three points. It's always good for a sermon to have three points. And The first point is this, it shows us that there was a great provision. Secondly, there was a great peril. And thirdly, there was a great problem. A great provision. God has provided your salvation. There's nothing you need to do about it. It's there. Ready for the taking. To accept the Lord Jesus Christ, as your Lord and as your Saviour. We've just shared together communion. That's the provision. The Lord came, paid the price to set you and I free, again, from the burden of sin. And the Lord's teaching, this is illustrated by uh, some of his uh, teaching and the parables uh, that he, he brought before us. And uh, it's uh, one that I like, there's two that's there. It it shows a great feast. Everything's been prepared. It's there for the taking. And you have been invited. It's always good to be invited to something special, isn't it? It's always good to be able to share with others uh, that uh, time around the table because it's getting to know people as we eat together and share together. And this is what the Lord's saying. He's saying, that, and it, and it comes in two two versions really. I don't know whether the two versions are connected or the two versions are separate or what they are. But the first version is in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 22. And there the Jesus is saying in a parable that the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. King, preparing a wedding banquet for his son. And the invitations went out. But very clearly in Matthew's Gospel, the scripture says, but they refused to come. But they refused to come. And the second time that the Lord mentions in parable about a a, a feast or a great banquet is in Luke's Gospel and at chapter 14. And that comes under the head in the parable of the great banquet. Uh, And uh, there he said, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests to come. And then, instead of Matthew's gospel, where they completely refused to come, in this particular parable, it says, but they all made excuses. But they all made excuses. God so loved the world, that He gave His only Son. The banquet, the feast, is prepared, and I like it's a bit akin to this in Hebrews, uh, as we read this morning. I think it's the same emphasis. Where well, God so loved the world that what we're saying here—it's so great. A salvation. It's so important. It is important. So great a salvation. I like that hymn, Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, that mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. And God has given us that gift. We know that sometimes giving gifts is costly. Sometimes it costs us a lot to, to be able to express our, our love or our appreciation, uh, uh, to someone. We give what we can. Sometimes we give a lot. Sometimes we get not very much, and it's always in proportion, I suppose, to how much we love, that particular person. But God gave everything, for you and me. He gave His only begotten Son. Peter reminds us that, how costly it was, that we're not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, all the precious things of this world put together. We're redeemed by what we've shared this morning, the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave His life for you. And for me. And in so doing, it offers so many blessings, doesn't it? That having salvation is a blessed state of affairs, because again we're reminded that if we are in Christ, we are a new creation. The old things have passed away and all things have become new. How often that we we wanted a new start, a new beginning. Something different. To put the past behind us. To start again. And this is what coming to know the Lord Jesus does. Everything is forgotten. And we got a new creation. We're washed clean. We have joy and peace and hope in heaven. And the second thing that uh, we look at this morning. This, if we need, uh, don't answer that question is. That we have a great peril, a great great quandary. Uh, don't know, don't know what to do. I knew a man many many years ago as a canon in the Church of England, in Blackpool, Harry Sutton, and I always remember one illustration that he came up with, and it just typifies this: What shall we do? And it tells the story of a, a deep sea diver he had gone down to the bottom of the ocean and he got a message from the bridge come up quick the ship's sinking (laughs) what a quandary what to do we don't know and if we ignore this question this morning or if we put it off it gives us a peril because things are different aren't they People's attitude's different. There were those that we know quite clearly accepted the gospel when they've heard it. You've accepted the gospel when you hear it uh, this morning. <laughs> <coughs> There's many of us here that have asked Christ into our heart and into our life. We understand what God's offer is. We understand what salvation is. And then there are those that, of course, reject. Like those in the parable, they made a conscious decision not to come to Christ. And there are people like that today. They know the gospel. They know the way of salvation. They might even be here this morning but switched off. And we say no uh, to the Lord for whatever reason that might be. But again, there is a third situation. We can accept, we can reject. But again, I like the King James, we can neglect the gospel. We can put it off. Not now. Some of the time. We all know what neglecting entails. I remember Paul before the governor, Felix, in Acts 24. And uh, uh, Paul had shared his testimony with the governor. He told him how he'd been changed, how his life had altered since he met Jesus. And he was sharing with him what the the Lord had done for him, how he'd saved him. And now he could do the same uh, for uh, the governor. There's one poignant thing at the end of that scripture. Felix turned to Paul and he said this. Go your way. And when I have a more convenient season, I will call you. How many times have you said that? You have heard the gospel, but I'm a bit too young yet. You know, I want to enjoy my life. But the danger is that you keep putting things off and putting things off and it never ever gets done. You know the feeling, don't you? The a job, wants doing it at all. There's something happened that you, know, you need your attention and you put it off and it never gets addressed. It never gets done. There are many things that we don't neglect, do we? we don't neglect our health if we're not well we try to go and see a doctor in our business we try to make sure that that's up to scratch and keeps going in our homes we tend to maintain them to keep it at a reasonable standard there are many things our family, we don't neglect our family We share with them time and time. But all these things pass away. All these things are temporal. We can't put off the things of eternity. We can't put off the decisions that we've got to make for here and now that will take us through into glory with our Lord. We should deal with it no and thirdly in this portion of scripture we see that uh, we uh, don't answer the question it leaves us a great problem and the problem is that uh, it's one that God cannot solve because he's already solved it he's already made the way he's already made uh, that uh, a provision there's nobody here around us that can solve the problem There's only one way. And that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. And accepting what He's done before us. Dwell on things of the past sometimes and remember things that happened, don't they? And if I said to you this morning, nineteen sixty six, what would you think of wonderful England? They won the World Cup. But you know what also happened in 1966? It was the Aberfan disaster. Where children were killed when the slurry sludge went down the mountain into the school. And what caused that? Subsequent reports came out that it was neglect. It was the uh, cowboy ignoring the warnings that the mountains were moving. Then one day it happened. What are we escaping from? We're escaping from God's condemnation. From God's wrath upon us. John reminds us he that believeth is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God God's wrath he that believeth on the son hath everlasting life and he that believeth not the son shall not see life but the wrath of God Abideth on him. Talk about the love of God, don't we? God cannot look upon sin. He's already dealt with it at Calvary. (coughs) The Lord Jesus died for you and for me. How do we answer the question this morning? How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? We won't. It's as simple as that. God has provided that way. And all he asks you and me to do this morning is simply come to him, repent of our sins that time when we've ignored the Lord that time when we never included in, in our life and, and in our plans and by repenting it's simply saying sorry Lord I am sorry for my sin I am sorry for walking away from you I am sorry for wanting my own way and not yours and then the second thing is to receive God's offer of salvation to take hold of what Calvary has done for you to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and say yes Lord thank you Lord as we were singing before thank you Lord, thank you Jesus thank you for Calvary, thank you for the things you've done thank you knowing that you're coming back again Lord and you're coming for me because I put my faith and trust in you. And if you've got the peace of God in your heart and in your life you can rejoice. You can praise the Lord. You can share with others round about you. Because you know that you're born again. That you belong to him. And that you share in him. I like Isaiah too that some Wonderful truths even in the old testament, isn't there? And I like Isaiah chapter one and verse eighteen. And there's this an appeal. It simply says, Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And that's the offer that God is giving you this morning to answer that question. He's asking you to think it out. Think what the alternatives are. Think what the Lord's done for you this morning. Reason it out. We're all intelligent people. The Lord's given us a brain. The Lord's helped us to understand the issues that are before us this morning. Then again, I like that old chorus. We used to sing old choruses. They were the modern hymns of the day in my youth. Ealing choruses, CSM choruses. remember them all, don't you? There's one we used to sing quite regular. There's a way back to God from the dark paths of sin. There's a door that is open that you may go in. At Calvary's cross is where you begin when you come as a sinner to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for the challenge that you laid before us. Help us, Lord, to understand what it means to belong to you. And we pray this morning that should there be any here who's never consciously accepted you as Lord and Saviour, help them to do so now, Lord. Help us to share together as a fellowship of your people, the wonder of salvation, the joy of knowing you. We pray, Lord, for your presence, the prompting of your spirit, so that each one of us leaves this place this morning knowing that you died for us, that our sins are forgiven, that we have hope in heaven, and all these joys that you bring before us we offer to you in thankfulness, and praise and worship, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One thing I, I have noticed, that <clears throat> outside on the, the table there is quite a lot of literature, but there's one that just caught my eye as he came in uh, this morning. And it's called The Remedy. And that points to what we've been speaking about this morning about what salvation really is all about, about what you need to do to accept the Lord's salvation and come to know him as Lord and Saviour. If you've been challenged this morning, then take one of these books. Read it. We trust that the Lord will speak to you and you'll come to know him, and to know his life eternal let's think of a closing hymn and can it be that I should get of course we can